Hey, church. Welcome. So as we were asked on Sunday, I want to ask you this again tonight. How are you doing? And I don't mean just how you're doing. I mean, how are you really, really doing? This past year has left us all with plenty of emotions to consider and sift through. Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you tired or hurt? Are you stressed out of your mind or depressed? Are you wishing that you could just have some ounce of security or peace in the midst of an onslaught of news articles and constantly competing views or the threat of sickness and death? Well, let me say you are not alone in that. Way back in 2015, just five years before the 2020 New Year celebration that turned our worlds a bit upside down in that year, the Washington Post wrote an article trying to give its readers just some steps for a sense of security as well. So this is a normal human need. Using information from the National Institute of Mental Health, it says that the anxiety affects 40 million adults in the U.S., and that's from the ages of 18 and up. And let's be honest, I am sure that number has since skyrocketed since 2015. The article then attempts to give its readers three ways to a sense of security in an insane world. And the list goes like this. Number one, believe in yourself. Number two, accept uncertainty. Number three, be present, or as they would say, don't chase the what-ifs. Now, I'm not here to attack these approaches or point of views. As a matter of fact, there is some good help in us accepting the uncertainties of life and not chasing the what-ifs or what could-have-beens. But I do think these approaches, though good in some aspects, are very incomplete. And what I do want to direct our attention to is a much more reliable, sure, solid, and steady anchor for our souls, as the song says. I want you and me to remember that we have a place that we can run to in the midst of chaos and turmoil that is far more valuable than anything we could ever conjure up with our own two hands or our own minds. And we're going to see that here this morning in Proverbs 18, verse 10. So if you have your Bibles and if you're able, please open it now to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. And it reads as follows. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. So church, where do you run for safety and security? Often when we face uncertainties or stresses and anxieties, we often tend to seek small doses of a self-made reassurance that everything is just going to be okay. We all long for some sense of control over our lives and our environments that if it doesn't work, then we search for the escape route. We all have our different places that we run to in the midst of stress or worry or struggle. Some of us may veg out and unplug with a pint of ice cream and a TV show just to escape some sense of realities. Or if we are stressed about our children, we may get stricter with them, set tighter schedules, more rules, more guidelines. If we feel like we've lost control of our lives or fear losing control, 
We may work longer hours, gain more money, or take longer vacations. Maybe, then just maybe we think, we'll feel calm, relaxed, and safe finally. But as we know from Ecclesiastes and all throughout the pages of Scripture, eating ice cream is not a sin, praise God, (laughs) and watching TV in itself is not a sin, and protecting our children with prudent rules and guidelines for them is not a sin. Yet, when we make an idol of these things, that's where the sin is born. It's when we run to these things over running to God is what makes them sinful. As we see in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, God doesn't expect you not to run. He knows our humanity, but he invites you and shows you the right way in which to run, and that's to run to him. I know we hear these verses all the time, but don't take them for granted. Jesus says, Matthew chapter eleven twenty-eight. he says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. But do we really, really believe that, church? I mean, think back to the array of emotions that we've experienced this past year. The anger, the frustration, the anxieties, or maybe it comes out in what we are most passionate about. So think about that today. What is your source for those things? Where is that all stemming from? Do we truly run to him or do we try to take matters into our own hands? Running to God in prayer and reading his word and trusting his providence, his control is what gives us protection and peace and safety in this life. Doing the opposite makes and takes matter and making and taking matters into our own hands might make us feel better or more secure in the moment. But that trust is misplaced, to say the least. And Proverbs 18, verse 11, is actually a good contrast with verse 10. It kind of shows us what this looks like when we take matters into our own hands. Proverbs 18, 11 says this, A rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his imagination. This type of self-derived security is all in the rich man's what? His imagination. The walls you and I build for protection, security, or control are just that. They are a mirage. It may look like a sure protection, but it will not hold you and it will not keep you safe. Look at the way 2020 came flying in, knocking our sense of normal flat on our backs. Many of us had great comfort and security, or so we thought, but it was a misplaced security a misplaced faith. Was your faith like mine? Was it misplaced in some way or another? Some degree or another? I'd encourage you, if that's the case, share what God has taught you this week with a friend or a family member in that regard. In some sense, we may even say now it was God's grace to wake us up to that truth this past year. In fact, if we've learned anything this last year, it's that anything can happen And we have no control. So what should we do about that? Should we freeze up in fear and give up? Should we lock ourselves away from any hint or hurt of disappointment? Not at all. God doesn't put these verses here to laugh at our circumstance and fears and leave us helpless in our needs. That's not the God we serve. 
He doesn't say that our protection we make up as a mirage just to say it as a cruel joke. He tells us this to warn us of this fact. And he shows us the right way in which to turn. It's to turn and run to him. But maybe you're listening to this and you're asking the question, but what does this verse 10 mean? I mean, it says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. How can a name be a strong tower? Well, it's, it's actually interesting. It echoes Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 through 7. So if you're taking notes, write that down. It's Exodus 34, 5 through 7. It shows us who the Lord is and why we can be sure of the strength and security of this said tower that the righteous run into. I'm going to read it for us. Exodus 34, 5 through 7 says, The Lord ascended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed. Here it is. What did he proclaim? The name of the Lord. And what's this name stand for? It's the character of the Lord. We'll see this here. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. This is our strong tower, he says in Proverbs, that the righteous run into. This is the right place that we can find security. The signpost in this strong tower reads that those who run into it are kept safe by the God who is merciful. He doesn't give us what we deserve for our sins if we just run to him in faith. For he is gracious. He is slow to anger. This tower will not destroy you at random. We need not shy away from it. Why? For he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. For he will not deny anyone who runs to him. It's a consistent and steady place. That's something we all long for. There is a calmness about this tower, this refuge. It's a place where love is covering you, a place where our sins are forgiven, and a place where those who are outside of his care have proper reason to fear this refuge and this tower. For he, God, protects his people. Friend, do you want that kind of calm, unsurprising, consistent safety? I don't know if you do. But I'm certain that I would love that kind of safety. So it only makes sense for us to want to run to this God. We don't run to God because he's our last-ditch hope. Though sometimes that's the case, and we are still right to do so. And he is gracious enough to allow it. But we run to him because he is better than all else that we could possibly run to. There is not a close second when we're talking about refuge. Once we experience this great refuge and the more we consistently run to God, we should be convinced that this is our only reliable and worthwhile option and security. Not just security, but for joy unspeakable. Psalm 22 verse 26 says, The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever, it says. Psalm 1611 says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
we should be we would be missing out more than we could ever imagine if we didn't go to the one who takes away our thirst and who gives us living water that truly satisfies us. This word righteous in Proverbs 18.10 that we read means someone who is disadvantaging himself for the advantage of others. This is a man who is of humble spirit. He knows where to go. He knows what is most valuable. And it's not what's inside himself. It's what's, it's what's in front of him. It's the tower with God where God is standing. It is his refuge and strength. He runs to God. This person has opened himself up to the threats of the world because he's disadvantaged himself. He has no worldly shield or defense that would make sense to those looking onward to him. He is susceptible in the world's standard to mockery and certainly to death. But what does he do? He runs to God, a strong tower that guarantees his safety. He is no fool who trusts in him. This week, I want to challenge us to praise God more and to seek him in prayer and read his word. I want you to just devote a few more minutes, maybe just five more minutes a day to praying and asking for God's help before we look to our own efforts for safety or stress relief, trusting that he does hear you. He answers our prayers. He knows our hurts and our fears and our worries. He knows our anger and frustration and regret. He even knows the idols that cause these vast, vast emotions that are fighting to live within us. Friends, we have a sympathetic high priest who has passed through the heavens, as the scripture says, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast, church. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted yet without sin. We can draw near with confidence. You will find mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. And there's no doubts there. That's what his scripture says. If you need proof, look at David for an example. His testimony is so clear in the Psalms. And in 2 Samuel, I'll start with Psalms. Psalm 61, 1 through 4. He praises God. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under your shelter of your wings. He echoes the same joy when he seeks this strong tower of God in Second Samuel. And the scenario is God protects him from Saul and all those who sought to kill him and ruin him. And once delivered safely, David praises God in Second Samuel 22, saying this, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shale entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. It doesn't get any worse than that, does it? 
He says then, In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I called. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Church, is your heart crying out for any sense of security? Are you looking for a place that you can run to? Run to God. He will hear your cries. He will keep you safe in your time of trouble, for he is a strong tower that the righteous run into. A mighty fortress is our God. He is a defense that will never, ever fail you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask for your help. We ask that we would be humble so that we would run to you first. We ask for self-control and discipline to consistently do that, even in the smallest things in our lives. We pray that when we are overwhelmed, we would stop, pray, and meditate as a means of running to you. We praise you as the God who is our strong tower and our fortress when we are weak. We love you, Lord, and we need you more than our words could ever express, more than we even know. We ask this in your son's name we pray. Amen.